Hello and welcome to another episode of The Long Finish. I am your host, Tug Coker, and I'm here as always with my wife and co-host, Catherine Weil Coker. How are you doing tonight, Catherine? I'm so, so happy to be sitting here with you. I mean that with my whole heart. I was debating that. I felt it could go genuine. It could go full artifice. <laughs> it's not. I, I'm, 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 this is my full heart. Look at my, look me in the eye. Oh, we're looking in the eyes here. We should be taping this. Oh, googly eyes. Staring contest. <laughs> to open up episode 99 oh of The Long gosh. Finish. What a great number. It's a great number. Very good point. It's episode 99, The Long Finish. You and I are doing this just as a fun thing. We're trying to put out more of these here. And so we're going to let this be a more free-flowing episode. Things are going to come up. Could be 10 minutes. Could be 20 minutes, could be 30 minutes, who knows how it's going to be. I love it. But we are drinking a bottle of wine that you brought to your wine club at Esther's for the month. And we're going Southern Hemisphere, which is something we don't do often on the Long Finish, or at Esther's really. It's true. But we're doing it tonight. So tonight, we, we are drinking Rogue Vine. This is the Pipeño Blanco from the Itata Valley in Chile, vintage 2021. And it is a liter that's a big, big bottle. We love that. Yeah. Extra wine. This is just a fun wine for spring, for right now. I, I When I tasted this wine a few weeks ago, I was like, <gasps> we have to have this for the wine club. It's just, it's like bring friends over on your patio and be happy. We're taping this right after you had your wine club party. Yes, I was Esther's just at Esther's. I literally just rolled in. I was it all was- set up, ready to go. It was like... Some mm. sort of limousine service where you drove yourself mm. to the event. That that was the podcast version. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it was it was really fun. So yeah, so we every month everybody gets a white wine and a red wine, and depending on what level they're in the club, you know, it might be a couple uh, different wines. So there's savvy sipper, adventure, and collector. And this month is it's Earth Day. It's coming up in a few days. So I wanted really earth-friendly wines. We always have chemical-free wines at Esther's, but these were like super earth-friendly that I was excited about. And what was really fun is that the Savvy Sippers got liters for both of them. Liter of white and a liter of red. It's like extra wine. Like who's not excited about that? I want to see their faces when they open it. It was a bit like Santa. I I didn't uh, tell everybody. So they come to, this is the pickup party. You can pick up your wine anytime, but this is like the day it's ready and you get a bag with the two wines and then you can sit down and you get to have a glass of something that we're pouring in a cheese. Most people don't look in the bag, but I tell them what's in there and then they get an email about it and all that. But this month I wanted to be like, hey, look, like pull it out for them. Bonus wine. Look, look, look. (laughs) But they're just such good wines. So it's not just that they're large. You know what I mean? But when you get a great wine or a fun party friendly wine and it's a, a leader you're even more excited yeah it's just more wine to go around absolutely you know and this is something different you know like you were saying we don't have a lot of southern hemisphere wines at esters frankly i don't know them as well as i know french italian spanish austria you know european wines i just don't know southern hemisphere wines as much but we have some and i love this producer so maybe our goal on the show as we pass 100 episodes will be to bring in an expert 
on some Southern Hemisphere wines, and we can learn. You know, you can, you can be learning too. You're not always the teacher. Sometimes you're the student. I, I prefer to be the student. I feel like, I mean, if I'm teaching, it's because I'm trying to learn it myself, really. That's the ultimate learning is the teaching. But I would love to go on a trip to South America and especially to Chile. And see, that's the one where I feel like, oh, yeah, I can say it with a little flair. Yeah, Chile. Exactly. Yes. I mean, I think we talk about this. We should bring it up again. But we talk about it in episode 68 where we opened an orange wine from Chile. Oh, gosh, that was a great one. What was it? The so go back to episode 68 if you want to hear more about what's going on in the wine world in Chile. But obviously, if you are a listener to the show that you, you may know, or a friend of Catherine's, you may know that she did a semester abroad in Chile. Just a few years ago, because you're very young. That's right. It was about six years ago. <laughs> I was a sophomore. <laughs> You had two kids while you were in college. That's pretty impressive. I did. I wanted to get it all done. <laughs> so we'll talk about Chile uh, in a minute, but we did bring up some kids. So, uh, you know, I, Catherine was at the uh, wine club party tonight, so I had to put the kids to that. And I want to be the first person to say, I'm sure I've said this before in the podcast, but I want to say kudos to my wife, Catherine. There are some nights, probably four or five nights a month, where I am not home to put the kids to bed, and she does it by herself. And that is an unbelievable task. Shout out to any single parent out there with multiple kids it's an incredible task i'm looking at you i'm staring at you in the, the eyes now Catherine, saying you are some sort of godlike creature putting three kids to bed that's an, an incredible task not easy and you know me i'm very soft i've been to the wills oh, of these kids do, so quickly do, yeah. they want extra something this or that i hardly say no i'm oh, really bad Oh my gosh yeah so i'm trying to do better but geez i mean well I, let, let me give you a compliment in return oh wow when i arrived home Everyone was asleep. That's a big deal. That is really good. Yeah. Real good. Because you don't want to go out. You don't want to go out. You got to stay out long enough. On your night (laughs) out to miss bedtime. No, that's that's the joy, you know? Like, tonight, I'm skipping out, so you don't want to come in the middle. No. You have to to come home from a nice night out and then put the kids to bed. It's like that night doesn't count. That night does not count as a night out. So, thanks. You're welcome. Thank you for taking that, and I appreciate your compliment of me. I'll go out some more and then you get some more practice and then you'll be fine. I would love that because I'm, I'm going away for three nights this weekend. Going to Chicago. But you're, you're very good at this. I'm working on it. I'm really not very good at it. But um, that's what's going on uh, over here tonight. You should quickly mention what you have coming up. We mentioned in the last podcast, but you have something really cool coming up at Estra. So you should probably bring that up because it's this week. Oh, I'm so excited about it. Speaking of Earth Day, Earth Day, it's on Saturday. I talked about this on the last episode, but we have 10 winemakers coming to Astor's on Saturday afternoon from 2 to 5, all that are working with regeneratively farmed vineyards, or they're, they only work with regeneratively farmed vineyards, or they are the farmers. Anyway, it's about regenerative wines, eco-friendly wines. 10 winemakers coming to pour in the parklet from 2 to 5. It's going to be awesome. Nate from Hayu Wine Farm is coming. Raj Parr from Phelan Farms and all his other amazing projects. We have Tracy from Donkey and Goat. We have Adam from Centralis and the Organic Wine Podcast. So many other people I'm not even mentioning because, anyway, the list goes on. Look at the website. Look at uh, the Instagram, but... It's pretty cool. I'm really excited about it. It's a killer lineup. Also, one thing I want to mention that I think is really interesting, you're talking about working with a program with a company that is trying to recycle bottles. Yes. So th- what w- 
the reason we got excited about this is because we're now working with this company where we save wine bottles. This company picks them up, they clean them, they sanitize them, and then they give those bottles to local winemakers to reuse. It's amazing. Like this is what every everybody everywhere should be doing. Our system is just a little bit broken. You know, it takes so much energy to melt down glass and and make it again. But now I think with inflation and the war and because there's so much glass that was made in Ukraine and the way things are, maybe people are beginning to see, oh gosh, maybe there's a better way. Anyway, this company, OOM, only Mission Earth, I think it stands for something else, but it's OOM, O-O-M. We are working with them and they are trying to eliminate single-use packaging for everything. That's their goal. They're raising money right now in that phase, um, but they're already picking up our bottles and glass and bringing them to local winemakers. So it's pretty cool. Well, will there be a world where, because of these bottles will be delivered to a local winemaker, that same wine will be poured into bottles that look very different? Now, that is a possibility. So a lot of the winemakers have requested just clear glass. And they ulti- right now they're just picking up whatever they can get. But ultimately, it may just be clear glass. And ultimately, the goal would be for everybody to use... <laughs> the same size or same shape of bottle, which is kind of impossible. But the reason being, if you have, if you're bottling your wines and you have them on a bottling line, you can only set the settings to put the cork in, you know, for a certain size. Otherwise you got to do that by hand, reset it. That would be a real challenge. Although I do think in a certain sense, it would be cool you know, to see the same wine in different shaped bottles with the same label on it, I feel like would be charming. In so a charming sense. to me. You know, you'd be like, wow, they're using that system or they're local or, you know, that would be charming if it wasn't a pain. Yeah. You know, I hear, I hear all of that. <laughs> I, I, I think don't it'd be know. so cool. It'd be like a collector's edition, right? Yeah. To find cool bottles of the I wine. Know. But I totally understand the labor cost. Anyway, it's, it's great. It's a great idea. I it's feel like these idea. are all, you know, problems that they're just discovering and going to have to solve in the next coming years. And there have been companies and systems like this in small areas of Europe for a while. There have probably been some successful in small communities here in the United States, but none that I know about, and certainly none as big as Los Angeles. But we have a lot of winemakers around now in Los Angeles. So not not so, so many, but enough for it to make it to make this happen. I'm excited to see where it goes. And they have other projects too. It's not just wine. So they're working with like a high end grocery store to make water bottles for that store. And you return them to that store and you get a very discounted water. I don't know how it works, but something like that. You know, so people just aren't recycling and feeling like, oh, I'm good. I recycled. Recycling is great, but it takes so much energy. And if we just reuse the same vessel, that saves a lot of energy. We'll post information on this in the show notes. Maybe make a post on our Instagram at the long finish. Yeah. And you know what? Don't hear it from me. Come to our tasting on Saturday and ask all the questions. These two incredible women who are running this, who are, who created and who are building this company. They're super smart and they've got a great idea. And um, yeah, let's just get them all the funds they need. Not only are the women that are running this company incredible, so are the winemakers that are going to be there this weekend. 
And they're all excited about the idea too. Yeah. And no, so some of the winemakers the, were these like, are wine leaders. They right? wanted to know, oh, who are these people? I want to know more about this company. I want to work with something like this where I am. Yeah. I think everyone's excited about more opportunities like this, more ideas in this direction. No, I know it's something you're very passionate about. You're, you're so passionate about the farming world of wine. Let's talk about this wine tonight. Does this wine fit into your sort of ethos that you're building over at Esther's? It definitely fits into the farming matters world. Like these vineyards are so, so special. So again, this wine is the Rogue Vine Pepeño Blanco from the Itata Valley in Chile, vintage 2021. So the Itata Valley in Chile is my map. Do you wow. hear the you crinkly hear map? Now, this is so funny. Like this map box that I told you guys about last time, you folks about... I didn't say guys. My grandma would not like that. You folks, uh, <laughs> listeners, there we go. There we go. They've got, you know, Austria, Germany, Italy, Spain, then they got South America is like a whole map. <laughs> so Chile has six general wine regions. Most of Chilean wine is made in the Central Valley. And I think that that is where we were talking about before when we were talking about that orange wine that we had. But this is from Itata, and Itata is in the southern part of the southern region. So the closest city there is Talcahuano. Concepcion is really close, which was a big port for Chile for a long time. And I think for even for a little bit, it was the capital. You know, in the 16th century, a lot of wine was planted there. That's when this really started, which is pretty cool. But the thing about this region is that so many of the vines are crazy old. Like, it's so usual to find 100-year-old wines in this region. And these are not, like, crazy expensive wines. They're just, that's just the norm there. The wines from this, the wines, the vines from this wine come from vines planted between 1930 and 1950. This Itata Valley is covered in these old vines. It's super rural. Now, these are not trained vines, right? They're not on trellises. These are bush vines. So you look at them, they're, like, short stubby. They look like these gnarled, almost little trees. It's a totally different look when you look out across a vineyard. There's lots of... Is there a reason why people do that? Well, it was like that was the old way of planting vines. One, it's great if there's a lot of wind. And two, it was before trellising became the norm, you know. So a lot of old vines in California are that way. In Chateauneuf de Pop, you'll find old vines that way. In different parts of Italy, certainly. The other cool thing about the Itata Valley is that, so it's pretty coastal, which keeps it temperate. There's a lot of rainfall, though. Chile is sunny, like California, but there's a lot of rainfall, enough that almost everybody is dry farmed. Hardly anybody needs to irrigate. So these are super old vines. They're not irrigated. And there's this crazy granitic soil in Itata that's just super special. And the way it mixes with silt, it almost mimics limestone. It's just really special. And we know that's special. Magic word. So this is Rogue Vine. This Pipeño Blanco is 50% Semillon, native Bordeaux, 45% Chasselas. Remember that from Switzerland? And then 5% Moscatel. So it's a field blend. These are all just in the vineyard. And this is from a, um, a vineyard in Guarilije, near Guarilije. I probably said that terribly wrong, even though I shouldn't. Fresh, vibrant, 
no oak, native yeast, farmed with by hand, horse, lots of biodynamic practices here, and very low sulfur. What does papania mean? Papania means from the pipa, a large vessel made of oak, which is used in southern Chile, particularly the Atata Valley. So it's like a gastrique or... or... Um, I feel like it's like pipeño, like from the pipa, like f- from the oak, like from the barrel, gotcha. like from the barrel, kind go. of, okay. straight from the barrel, sort of. Okay, now the name pipeño is also a term for wine made by huasos, aka farmers. So it's okay. We're that, learning that something makes here. more sense. Okay. A wine made by farmers that feels like that's the right thing here. So yeah, because. This is a project of two guys, Leo Arazo and Justin Decker. Justin's actually from Indiana and then and married a woman in Chile. I was gonna say that name does there. not sound Chilean. <laughs> Justin <first> Decker. <laughs> they started it in two thousand eleven in a garage in Concepcion. And then now they're sourcing wines and working with vineyards throughout the Itata Valley. But again, you know, they've got to work with vines that are at least 60 years old and they're working with biodynamic practices. So cool. I love this project. And their other wines are so good. We are pouring this um, wine called Hamon Hamon by the Glass of Esters. It's super fun. Is that a liter as well? Uh, no, it's not. Sorry. No, it's okay. The funny thing about a liter, I'm, I'm drinking, this is a Monday night we're taping this, and I'm looking at this bottle. I'm like, oh, we have plenty of wine left, but I've also probably had a bottle of wine because it's a liter. Yeah, we've now had a bottle. But I will say this. More. This is and sometimes this is a good note for the podcast is we opened this wine last night. It's still tasting great. So it's a large bottle of wine that's tasting great over multiple nights, which a lot of people need to know when they're opening wines. It's so true. This wine really is singing today. I feel like more of the herbaceous notes that are coming out, more of the texture. I get kind of that like funky floral thing. It's more complex today. Is this region close to where you did your semester abroad? Well, I did. This is a great question. I did my semester abroad in Santiago, but we actually, and I, and I live with a family there, but we had this other family. I was I went through the university. We had like a secondary family that lived in a small farming community that was south, and I really couldn't tell you the name of that town, but I'll tell you it was not that far from Concepcion, so it was probably close to where we are here. And this family, I mean, dirt floors, no bathroom, like they were in awe of my digital camera. I was milking the cows in the morning. We cut, we slaughtered the chickens for dinner. It was very rural, very poor. And it was one of the more amazing experiences to spend a few, a weekend there every month during what my semester. What did you semester. sleep on? You, I mean, it was a, it was a mattress, but it was a very, certainly not like a, ma- not like a normal mattress. It was like very stuffed of something. It was, it was definitely different. Now you went to Notre Dame. I don't know this. I've known you for 20 years. I don't know do you, this. Do you not know the story? Well, I know this story oh. to a degree, but I didn't oh. know the the pictures being painted in, in a light that I, I was not familiar. At any point during this journey where you're spending this weekend, were you like, what have I gotten myself into? Oh, yeah. When they, when the, <laughs> when they pull out the little pot under the bed and they're like, if you have to go to the bathroom, here's the, what you pee in in the night. And I'm sharing a bed with someone I just met. Like, it's not even my own bed. I'm like sharing a bed with you know, someone who in the sister in the family. And I'm like, sweet. Okay. So I'm sharing a bed with you and I'm going to get up and pee in this pot. And how's your Spanish at this point? And how is their English? My Spanish is 
okay. And there, there is no English except for like a few words. But it was... So you're saying like, excuse me, I'm, I may go baño in El Pano. <laughs> like, I don't speak Spanish. It was... But are you telling... Also, are you, are you, you just go. Are you just like human behavior is like, I'm just going to go to the bathroom. Well, they just show you something. It's like... And also we're talking, there's no lights. Like there's no lights. It's... The most rural place you can imagine. The, this family I lived with, the dad, his job was driving this little cart that had all the fresh milk from the cows to all the neighbors. Like, And then they would pay him. That was his job. And the bike, it was like a, a cart with a bike, you know, with the milk bottles on it. They had one tiny, tiny TV in the kitchen. Like when the lights go out at night, there's no ambient light. It's pitch black, so you don't need to tell anyone you go in the bathroom. I mean, maybe they, uh, they're going to hear you, but, like, what else are you going to do? <laughs> I, I don't know if I, I – maybe I never told you all this no, stuff. No, you know, we've talked about this story. We've talked about your Chilean experience before, but not getting the nitty-gritty. And, and this was not the main family I live with was in Santiago, yes. in the city. I had my own room. It was like a normal university exchange student experience. And so what, what made you go out and have this secondary experience? So – I was taking this class that was called the psychology, I think it was called the psychology of poverty. And it was through the Marinol organization, which is a mission organization, Catholic mission organization. I don't, they're not trying to convert people. They're trying to help people though. And so they had people down there and they, they wanted us to have relationships and get to know people that were living very differently from us. And that was successful. I mean, d- completely different life. Without a doubt. I'm wondering, and I don't want this being a joke in any way, but do you think they, the psychology of poverty, do they then pay these families? Oh, I would hope so. My gosh. To show you what poverty looks like, quote unquote? Well, that's, I mean, that's not that, but I would think to like host you know, yeah. you're you're paying for something, but not knowing they don't know that like, hey, we we're the, we're the, the psycho. Our class is the psychology of poverty, and we want people to see what your existence is like. It's just a very weird. It's odd to me. I but mean, and maybe maybe I'm not remembering the per- correct name of the class either, and yeah. maybe that is my regardless of regardless too. of the class, regardless of all of that. I think the experience is unbelievable to me, and you know, because not a year or two later, you and I go get together we spend the summer in europe and we spend one night in a hostel and i'm like i'm not doing that yeah and i'm Never like again. you know this is fine dude listen yeah you're like this is a paradise there's there's someone in our room i'm like i'm never doing I'm not this sharing a bed with someone i again. don't know i'm like cool man <laughs> i got bed bugs yeah i, I, mean, I would have been so out of the chilean experience it was so quickly and, and that was you know, that was extreme. It was a very, very rural community. I think there are really rural communities everywhere. You could experience something totally different than your own life. You know, didn't have to go to Chile to do that. But it was neat that that I got that opportunity at that moment. And what was helpful too is that there were five other people in my program who I would see down there too, you know, over the course of that week or those long weekends and know like, oh yeah, okay. I'm out of my comfort zone, but there's Katie, there's Rob, you know. Well, I think about, well, you know, you and I went to Russia. You and I lived in Russia for four months and studying theater. And it was really hard for me. I mean, I got very sick. I lost 25 pounds. I couldn't find food. Then we went to Europe after that. And I was you like, looked like a different version. I, I was not ready. I mean, I understand my, you know, you know, being spoiled being, by being an American. You know what I mean? So I think your experience is incredible. 
but you know having gone through that as well and and to some degree in russia just like looking for enough food to eat but we're actually going into grocery stores i mean this is a whole different experience i mean it's incredible it's an incredible story this is a wine podcast but i think this story has never been told to me from you so i think it's really really cool we have it on tape oh well i'm happy to share it i think it's i still actually have a hat and a scarf that they gave me that I kept with me. And I'm sure I gave them a bunch of stuff. I gave them like, you know, everything I could give them. And really They're all they wanted was, fans. well, they really wanted my digital camera. And I was like, I'm not going to give that up at this moment. You know, it's what year was it? 2000. Was I can't right? get, I can't give, or yeah, I can't give this up yet. No. Let's get back to the wine here. Oh, this what is. A, stroll down memory lane though, right? Oh my gosh. We told you this, this episode, we had no idea where it was going. See, you know, I'm reminded of one of my favorite quotes from Mimi Castile, a great winemaker, who said, you know, the conversations that happen over wine are special. They're just conversations that don't happen over other beverages. It's so true. And the conversations are even greater when it's leader. Yeah, exactly. It's like exponential. So let's talk about food pairings with this wine. Dig back in. You know, connect with this wine and tell uh, me what you're thinking. About I, I know asparagus is really impossible to That's pair. So amazing you went with asparagus. I, I know, but we, we have some in our fridge. We've been making it. It's such a springtime thing. And there's such a honey kind of herbaceousness to this. And it's got that muscatel. It's got this floral note. I just think it would be great with an asparagus salad. I feel it, w- it would be great with watercress salad that kind of like spicy pepper i'm thinking lots of vegetables there's um we have these new vegetable plates at esters and there's some pickled dill pickled green beans that would be awesome with this hummus salads like springtime stuff you're looking at me like i'm crazed animal no i'm also enjoying this with nothing yeah i mean that's also good too would it go with the unparable of artichoke (laughs) It might. I mean, artichoke makes everything sweeter, and yeah. I think this wine would taste good if it felt sweet, too. I think it would lend itself to that. Where can we tell our listeners to find this wine or, you know, wines from Chile or how, how to get involved with some wines from Chile? Well, I, I would look for this importer. They're called Brazos Wine, B-R-A-Z-O-S Wine. All the wine that I've had... From Brasso's Wine Imports, they're located in Brooklyn, but but you can get their imports all over the country. I know they have them in Denver and they have them in LA. They've all been really great, all from small producers. I feel like that's the key. When you're looking for Southern Hemisphere, there's like two things. There's either like the big boys, there's like Conchi Toro, just like massive in every grocery store, or there's tiny. That's the way to go. You know, and then you know it's handcrafted. And it's funny, I think on our last one where we talked about Chile, I talked about Conchi Toro. It's the first winery I ever visited. More, what a jer- what experience more you memories. had Chile, yeah. <laughs> what a stroll down memory lane. Well, get this wine. It's perfect for spring as we head into some warmth for summer. Get your asparagus going. Get it with some friends. Crudite. Talk about your semesters abroad. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about semesters abroad over a liter of wine. Yeah. That's that's a great, uh, I don't know, invitation. Yes. It's like the moth yeah. for semesters abroad. Yeah. Like we should get together and everyone just tell their stories. That is such a good idea. Okay, thank you. I never want to go to semester abroad because we only get eight semesters. Well, some people get more, but you only get eight semesters in college. And I was like, wow, I just want to enjoy 
that experience. But you took two semesters abroad. I mean, you were only in Notre Dame for six semesters, really, right? Yeah, well, I was like, how many semesters will they let me go abroad? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're like, oh, I want to enjoy this. I'm like, how much can I enjoy the abroad? If I was more mature, I probably would have been like, yeah, let's, I want to take eight semesters abroad and see the world. But, you know, I'm from Virginia. Well, that Simple is... Simple-minded. No, that is not true. But, like, you got different things out of college than I did. And yeah, that's great. Trying to play basketball for... A bulk well, of it. yeah, you can't you can't go abroad and yeah, do that. Can't, unfortunately, anyway, it's a great bottle of wine. It really is so much fun to talk about it. Great to stroll down memory lane in your life in relationship to Chile. We'll put a picture of the bottle on Instagram. Go and find it. Go enjoy it with your friends. And I hope all the wine club folks like it too. Yeah. All right, let's get to the last portion of the evening, which is what has been inspiring us this week. I will go first. If you're a listener of the show, you know. <laughs> Maybe a year and four months ago, I talked about a goal of mine. I am so excited about this. It was to read the Bible in a calendar year. Now, I, I did not do that. I'm still reading the Bible. Not because I'm religious, because I, I'm interested in the book. I'm interested in uh, reading his books of influence. And I'm slowly moving my way through it. I'm probably 400 pages plus in. And I just read a book that I thought was a great book in the Bible. Obviously, Genesis is an incredible book. There's just so many bangers in Genesis. It's just great story after great story. And then it becomes a slog. It's a bit of a slog for those of you who have read the Old Testament. I mean, there's, there's some watching paint dry happening. There's a lot of rules. But I just came across a book that I was like, this is something that I'm into. And I had to read it twice because I was like, I'm into this book. It's Ecclesiastes. It's not a long book. It's pretty short. And it's, it feels like a departure from a lot of what the Bible was working on for the first 400 and change pages. I'm, if you've read the book, maybe you agree, maybe you don't agree. Hit us up at the long finish and let me know where, where your stance is on Ecclesiastes. But I immediately, I immediately went to the Wikipedia page and be like, what's going on with this book? Is this book as good as I think it is? You know, the birds sing turn, 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 written by Pete Seeger. That is part of Ecclesiastes. William Shakespeare does a sonnet on it based on Ecclesiastes. Tolstoy references it. Hemingway. Edith Wharton references it in The House of Mirth. Thomas Wolfe says, quote, Of all I've ever seen or learned, that book seems to be, the mo- the, to me, the noblest, the wisest, and the most powerful expression of man's life upon this earth, and also the highest flower of poetry, eloquence, and truth. I am not given to dogmatic judgments in the matter of literary creation, but if I had to make one, I could say that Ecclesiastes is the greatest single piece of writing I have ever known, and the wisdom expressed in it most lasting and profound. Now, I can't go that far, but if Thomas Wolfe says that, it's a book worth checking out. So anyway, I'm inspired by that. And I start to, I think the very first the very first sentence in the book is everything is meaningless, which to me is such a departure from what the Bible has been talking about. I don't know. I find it really, really uh, interesting. So I'm happy to have, you know, I'm like, wow, I'm reading this twice. It's like 12 pages. Anyway, Ecclesiastes, check it out. Very weird podcast tonight. Catherine, what do you got going on? Okay. That was inspiring. I love to hear your updates on that. Um, and I will get through that at the end of this year. I'm excited to get to the New Testament. I'm getting close, but there's a lot of like Psalms, you know, Leviticus is just tough. And anyway, moving on. I love this. Well, I was listening to a podcast, one of my favorites, Poetry Unbound, and I re-listened to this poem today because it just struck me as something 
that's been floating around in my head. And this is Solmaz Sharif is the name of the poet. It's self-care. That's the name of the poem. It's poetry unbound from the last season. This was on November 24th, 2022. It's a fantastic poem about what that word maybe means or doesn't mean or what's our society saying about it. But I have a need for that word. And sometimes I just want to investigate what, what my need really is. What do people mean when they say self-care? Anyway, Padre Gotuma, the host, is just a delight as usual. And this just makes you think twice about how you talk to yourself, how you treat yourself. It's a good one. All right, that's it for episode 99 of The Long Finish. Episode 99 is in the books. Thanks to everyone for continuing to listen to the show. It's 99 episodes in. 99? We got 100 coming up next. Holy moly. To celebrate this moment, if you have a chance to rate, review, and subscribe to the show, it would mean so much to us. Let's get to 100-plus reviews, subscriptions. we got some fun stuff coming up for episode 100 and beyond. we got some great guests that we're lining up, maybe some guests from this Earth Day weekend that Catherine has coming up at Esther's. That'd be super fun. We're really excited about the next stage for the long finish but thank you to everyone who's been listening to us whether you started with episode 99 or you started at the beginning we appreciate it Catherine, where can they find you and the long finish on social media i'm on instagram at Catherine wild coker and the long finish is there too at the long finish you can find me on twitter and instagram at tug coker thank you again for listening to the show we'll be back soon with episode 100 of the long finish we did it we're doing it it's happening. Until then, be happy, be healthy, and happy drinking. Ciao.